Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Jingle balls to the wall, gentlemen. Listen up. It's time to gear up and give yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why not do the same below? The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped Boxer Briefs and the Crop Reviver Toner, which will keep your junk feeling fresh. Give yourself the gift of below-the-belt grooming this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code BIGHEADS for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Clean up below the belt this holiday season and make Santa proud by going to manscaped.com today. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well on this Monday, a couple of days after Roma drew with Inter 0-0 at the San Siro. Going to bring Andy on in just one moment, but very quickly, I have to thank three, that's right, three new patrons over at Patreon. If you yourself would like to become a patron and support the podcast, you can get early access to the podcast. You can also get extra episodes of the podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press, or you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. First, I'd like to give a mention to our newest patron, Rich, who you can find on Twitter at KansasChitian87. So that's at K-A-N-S-A-S-C-I-T-I-A-N-8-7. And then Matthew, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Polanski, the number one. That's M-A-T-P-O-L. A-N-S-K-Y and the number one. And you can also find Matt on Instagram under that same handle. And also Brett, who you can find on Twitter at Brett Yanarino. That's B-R-E-T-T-E-A-N-A-R-I-N-O. Brett, Matthew, Rich, thank you all so, so much for becoming patrons. It means so, so much to us. Without you guys, none of our endeavors here would be possible. So I thank you so, so much for your support. Um, I'm going to bring Andy on now. And we were originally going to have on Filippo Biafora of Il Tempo to discuss the ownership situation, perhaps a little bit of the January market, but we had some scheduling conflicts. So it looks like Um, He will be joining us either on Thursday or Friday, most likely Friday. Um, Obviously, there's the Europa League match on Thursday, so that wouldn't quite be possible for all of our schedules. So be sure to tune into that episode later in the week because uh, I can't remember the last time Mr. Biafora was on. He was on a few times, uh, I believe four or five, when he was the editor of PaginaRomaniste.com. And then we all know Phil went, uh, made the big jump 
as they would say, to Il Tempo. And I, I think since uh, he has been at Il Tempo, we have not had him on the podcast. So um, it will be great to see him rejoin again because he was a regular and then uh, he became uh, Mr. Mainstream and far too busy for us here at Roma Press. So very much looking forward to having Filippo on again and um, having him clear up some of the ownership rumors again some of the january transfer market a little bit of the stadium as well so i'm really looking forward to that so uh, without further ado let me bring andy on and again be sure you tune in later in the week when filippo biafora of il tempo will be on the podcast but for now uh here is andy and i Okay, Andy, we are back, and it is a few days after Roma draws 0-0 with Inter at the San Siro. So all things considered, now performance-wise, I think we could obviously have a bit of a debate about that, but all things considered, given that they at least got a draw here, pretty good result in your opinion, yeah? To me, uh, the, 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 on the night that we played, on Friday night, I, I thought that was a great result. I, I tweeted it that for me, it, it you know that uh, that one point smelled almost like a victory. Um, all things considered, with uh, with the injuries, with with uh, uh, subbing out uh, Santon and losing yet another player in a good moment, and um, you know facing a team that had all the motivations going into this game, and uh, but now looking back on it, I you know it, you can't help but 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 wish. That, that it could have been something more uh, considering how all other teams did you know did fairly well and uh, either they caught up to us or they still you know maintained their position above us I'm talking about Lazio I'm talking about Cagliari um, even Napoli managed to to get a, a point although theirs is negative but everybody did in the opposition that we are currently facing did fairly well um, Atalanta with a late winner so could have been more performance-wise, definitely. Um, I, I think we didn't find the spark that we needed in the second half, and maybe we got a bit too used to Fonseca really getting the best out of Roma in the second half. Um, but it was it, it was a tough game. It was always going to be tough. I think uh, the performance um, was definitely excellent on on the defensive end um all things considered it wasn't such an unbalanced game i thought it was a it was a tough uh, uh gritty game on both sides uh for both teams yeah i thought so too and uh, you know when you look at the expected goals it'll look like inter had the better chances which is true um, but for me i thought the majority of their chances on goal came from Roma mistakes. I'm thinking of Mirante gifting them two opportunities off bad kicks, and there were some mistakes, one by Veritu in the midfield. Really, I don't think Roma conceded much at the back, and I don't think Inter really had many good opportunities, although if you just looked at the expected goals, you would think otherwise. Um, talking about the performance, though, we both agree that it was certainly lacking something. Do you think that is simply because Jekyll was missing, or do you think there's more to it than that? You know, um, definitely uh, having having Jekyll uh, be a you know a, a big question mark, and re- let's remember that Fonseca was was pretty confident that Jekyll was going to play from the start. 
in the press conference it is always going to shake things up to not having uh, your starting striker and having to play a totally new formation with uh, Zaniola as a false nine that immediately uh, pushes your team back. I mean, the, the Roma, uh, you know, they, they, they were pushed back because of, of not having that one man that can basically hold the line up front. Um you know, we the wingers didn't have a particularly good day. Uh, Perotti, uh, Mkhitaryan, they just didn't impress. Um, I thought Pellegrini was probably the best offensive player in, in, in this game. Uh, Zaniolo did what he could with what we had. It's just that it was a totally new thing. And, you know, if you ask me, going into this game with the with that formation, with, with Dzeko out and sort of the whole team needing to adapt uh, 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 to that situation in a matter of hours, um, we did very well. Uh, just because I, you know, I've seen I've seen Inter this season. I know what they're capable of. I know what the duo of Lautaro and Lukaku can do, and we kept them quiet. We we gave uh, Lautaro a couple of chances, but we we did a really good job of of you know of keeping Lukaku out of the game. Um, forcing Inter to 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 sort of you know go through these empty possessions that didn't re- result uh, really in in any sort of uh final action that was the most important part that we didn't really give them confidence um that's why i said it was a balanced game on on for both teams i think yeah i i agree now, one of the players who I thought, now you just mentioned Mkhitaryan, Pedalti, both of them, in my opinion, were not good, especially Mkhitaryan. You could probably make the case that was his worst performance since he joined Roma. He was he was anonymous the entire evening. But one of the guys who I thought was, without question, the standout uh, was Diawara. I thought that was, without question, the best performance oh, yeah. he has had since joining, the opposite of Mkhitaryan. And I think him and Veretu, I said on this podcast some months ago when he initially arrived, I, I said, I think in the end, ultimately, we will see Veretu and Diawara become that duo in the midfield that Fonseca ultimately prefers and will be the best one to catapult Roma forward. I mean, is that how you feel now, too? Because I, I think he is just growing now. And he has something that I just feel like Roma haven't had in some time. And I, I tweet this out because I'm going to die on this hill, but it is absolutely criminal that Roma decided not to bring him and keep Paredes in the summer of 2016. I, I wish he, we would have had this player for two to three years more because I just think he brings an element in the midfield that we just don't have. Oh, I, you know, I... Um... I mean, I, it's, it's fine. He's been, he's been very good these past three games. And I always thought that he is a player that, um, whose quality should, should not be questioned. Um, that this is a player that, you know, he just needs confidence. It's not what he got at Napoli. Uh, Sari didn't really uh, uh, trust him too much. Obviously, that's what Sari does with most of his. I mean, what he did with most of his rotations at Napoli, which he basically kept to a minimum. Uh, you know, and he found himself uh, behind players like Hamsi, Alan, um, Zielinski, who emerged uh, at Napoli even in in his first year, and uh, and then you have Ancelotti who also ignored him and. Uh, I think I think uh, you know. Remember, 
you I think um, it was that early this season when when he wasn't getting any playing time, I think that was sort of probably affecting him because he came here, you know, and 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 thought I'm going to get a shot here and. It didn't happen because you had Cristante. Because first you you were trying to uh, have uh, Pellegrini a little bit back. You know you had uh, you tried Pellegrini with Vertu. You tried Vertu with Cristante. You tried Cristante with Pellegrini, and somehow Diawara always ended up on the on the fringes of the team. And now uh, you know with all the injuries, it was just time to shine. He overcame uh, that injury. Um, beautifully because he's been playing to a very high level um he was he was easily the best player on the pitch against inter um he he even outshined uh, vertu in these recent performances um and that says a lot i i think going forward he can be key i am interested in seeing how he will uh develop his presence within this team when when the injuries start to when the injured players start to come back and i mean by that cristante because cristante is a player that definitely wants to come back healthy and wants to make the euro squad for italy and um and yeah so that will be interesting to see how how Fonseca manages that situation if he finds himself lucky enough to to have uh, uh more than say two midfielders available um but so far he's just a very dynamic player and and that's it he he needs confidence and i think people forget what he did at bologna where he truly was a, a wonder kid in a, in a bologna in a, in a yeah. bologna team yeah. that <laughs> it was basically him and jacarini if i remember correctly <laughs> and donsa he was there too and and donsa that's yeah. true that donsa diawara and jacarini yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. I I think he is a player that maybe he does, maybe he does thrive off that confidence. Now, for me, I'm going to blame part of his slow start. Now he came back early, earlier than expected, but he had the African Cup of Nations in the summer. Um, I'm going to blame some of his slow start on that. So that I I, I do think that affected him in some way. But he's joining a new team, new system, new environment. So surely you would expect time for him or he would require time to adapt. Um, There were rumors today, or I saw a couple of different newspapers saying that uh, Roma have hit, uh, what's the word, I guess uh, a snag or a lull, I guess you could say, in talks for Chris Smalling. I thought he was really good again. I, I think maybe at times he overshadows when Mancini does really well because I think Smalling tends to get a bit more right. of the focus at times. But I, I well, think, yeah, yeah. I think they're both really good, and I thought they were both very, very strong against uh, on, on Friday against Inter. And yep. do you have any worries that that happens? Do you are are you worried that Roma lose him? For me, I I, I think this is all semantics i think it's talk because it's dragging out longer than expected um but would you genuinely fear roma losing him well obviously right now when we when we look at these games and you know we we go into these games and we're confident that you know our backline is not going to mm, get riddled um by machine gun fire like uh, we did every game last season when it just seemed like you could not do any worse and 
we were just just getting out there and getting blown apart from small teams um, that just could find a way to get through uh, and and would slice our defense like a hot knife on a hot knife on butter. And now you you go in and you 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 feel a confidence as a fan, but you also feel the confidence in the team. The team knows that they can count on a solid backline to to come in and do their job and. Um, and I mean, as you as you said, I think uh, Smalling is now the sort of underdog star, so he gets all the focus because he's more well known. Um, you know, he he has something to prove. He's you know, it's it's easier to he's marketable, uh, unlike you know a guy like Mancini. Uh, but Mancini did just as well, I think. Um, sometimes he, as I said in the past, he tends to be a bit too much like sometimes there's a bit too much and sometimes he risks uh you know getting an extra yellow doing doing something that may cause you know uh, uh, a dangerous situation but but otherwise he's been he's been perfect and against inter both of them neutralized their respective opponents uh smalling in particular he did well with lukaku completely sucked him out of the game and um and mancini he he you know what he conceded to lautaro he still managed to save and he had two brilliant uh tackles um yeah yeah one right in front of goal uh, which was very important, and you could see how relieved his, he was that he managed to do it. He, he, there was a scene where he basically just like lay flat on the on the grass, and uh, uh, even Spinazzola approached him to congratulate him on a, on an important tackle. You know that that could have been uh, decisive and turned out to be decisive. And uh, it, am I worried right now? Seeing them perform like this and seeing this Roma team so so calm, I I sure would be worried if you know if you were to tell me that we are just going to lose a, a player like that. Um, but as you said, it's you know <laughs> it's dragging out longer because people expect this you know to 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 happen just like that. It's not going to happen like that. You need still some material to post to to print. So you're going to come up with all these you know stories. Obviously, he's drawing a lot of attention. So that's you know that will always be a worry. But I, I think if Roma make make him understand that you know that we trust you and this is a place where you you can be appreciated and you are appreciated. Then what? I mean, what player wouldn't wouldn't say would say no? Um, unless unless you're you know you you have teams like Real Madrid or or say uh, Juve knocking on your door, um, I don't see any point in moving. Yeah, I think he's been just too critical to this team. I I, I would find it difficult that Roma and even he himself would find it easy to walk away. Um, Another, I guess, another talking point. I guess you could say it's in relation to the market is the situation of Kalinic. So you mentioned earlier that so Roma they were playing without Jacko Zaniolo. You put him at the nine, and it completely—it's an entirely new system. It's entirely new. Roma have to play an entirely different way. 
What do you think that spells for Kalinic? I mean, for me, I mean, it is, he didn't even get off the bench. Now, in fairness, he had just returned to training from the injury not too long before. Maybe Fonseca is trying to ease him in slowly. But we also keep seeing these rumors that uh, he could be sent back to Spain because Roma have not been impressed with him. They want to bring somebody in new in January. Is that something that you think has to be addressed? Because for me, I, I... I almost see that as priority number one in January. Well, if if the market allows, and let's hope so, I, I definitely that is a role that needs to be addressed because um, it, it doesn't seem like this is going to end well for, for Kalinic. Now, it's not something that I wish. I think uh, it would be nice to see, again, a, a story of a player, you know, redeeming himself. And, you know, I would I would love to see Kalinic score a banger that would, you know, secure us a win in the coming weeks. But um, it, it doesn't seem likely to happen. And it's also not, it just doesn't seem like the the right profile for Roma right now. Um, as we as we are in the run for something truly, you know, special. And that's the Champions League spot, which we desperately need. And this year we are performing up to the standards so far. And to, we need that extra man, and if that extra man is is not able to to impose himself and is injury prone, and when he plays, he just is not to be found. And and also, if he can't duplicate that Jekyll role, which is essential to this team, you need a man who can hold the ball. You need a man uh, up front who can help you um, counter attack. Who can help you, you know relax and and sort of move forward and not get uh uh you know pushed into your own uh, uh six yard box um you need a kind of a player like that and and Kalinic uh, the few times he's played for Roma he just wasn't it he he wasn't he, he was anonymous talk about anonymous Kalinic has been anonymous and um in a situation like this, if you have if you have the option that you can send him back, and if you have the option that you may be able to afford somebody on the January transfer market, then that is definitely a role that needs to be addressed. Especially if you go through the group stages in the Europa League and you sort of are going to manage different competitions, um, then you, then you need a, a suitable replacement for Jacob. Well, yeah, and the Copa is coming up as well in in the middle of January. I mean, this is this uh, now obviously played that have, fucking Parma. Come on, man. yeah. Well, that's I mean that's Bullshit. ridiculous in and of itself. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean th- this stretch after the Christmas break for Roma is going to be very grueling. <laughs> Um, so I, I hope they manage it well, and I hope they do find somebody that they can bring in. Because if you're not going to use him, um, it's pointless to keep him here. So one other thing. So we're going to have our good friend uh, Filippo Biafora on the podcast in a few days. We thought we were going to have him today, but there was a scheduling conflict. But this comes, or I wanted to have him on, because it comes on a day where he and our, our other good friend Sandro Alstini they report that the Friedkin Group, the American-based consortium, is closing in on acquiring the majority of the shares at Roma. And Dan Friedkin, um, he will, who's the CEO of this group, he'll, he'll be the new owner slash president. And then we also have the news that this uh, Czech billionaire is overtaking the Stadio della Roma project. So there's a lot to get to when we have uh, Filippo on. But... 
Just real quick, not not to use this as a platform to pine for Roma President James James Palotta, because you know <laughs> uh, we get called uh, amici di Palotta. Yeah. So yes, whether yes. yeah, so <laughs> I can criticize him, uh, I can praise him. Either way, I get called one thing or the other. So I lose on both accounts. But with it looking like his tenure is coming to a close at Roma. Um, what are some reflections that you have on his time? Now, obviously, the one that everybody will point out, and rightfully so, uh, he came here. It was eight years ago, not a single trophy. I think for a lot of people, that is where the story of Palotta begins and ends. Now, I think that's a bit unfair because I think some of the things he did, particularly from a financial perspective that the casual supporter may not appreciate other things like off the pitch, how he bought Trigoria, he improved Roma TV. I don't know if anybody can remember 10 years back, but (laughs) Roma TV, Roma Radio that you see today are not what you saw a decade ago. They were terrible. The website, the social media, I think there's other things he's done that we can at least point to. But from your perspective, just sort of as a uh, memoriam on Palotta, what are your <laughs> what are your your thoughts on his tenure? What are you going to remember most? What will you what are some things you wish he could have done better? I think obviously the one we will all use is no trophy, but is there anything else you think he could have done better or should have done? Um well, there there is, you know, off the top of my head, there is a, a lot of, you know, good and bad and uh uh, you know, the bad is that um, he never really managed to to establish a connection with the fan base. Mm, and, good point. you know, if you if you're a president for eight years um, and you get criticized for it, uh, it, it, it's 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 without a doubt you need to make an effort. And I just didn't see that effort from Palotta throughout these years to 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 be here more often. If that is what what the fans want, then. Then give it to them that um, if that is so important, then be here, then be, you know, make your presence felt, um, whatever that m- means. Um, if it means flying in and, you know, watching a game or two every once in a while, then I'm pretty sure, you know, as a millionaire, you can you can do that. Um, and, and you know, obviously the, the, the trophy drought uh He's one of the he's one of the people that you're going to point fingers at, and um, yeah, and so for me, that's you know that's what I can blame him for is that lack of connection to to the fans, to the city, uh, and, and the lack of trophies. But I I I will never be able to to fully criticize him because this is a man who took over a, a beggars club. Roma were f- f- fucking at the bottom of everything when he came over and he turned this, this club into something that yes, people may refer to it as an azienda. So (laughs) sort of like, like a, like a firm, you know, Um, people don't like that when you, when you, when you, you know, call that a, a football team, they want it to be a football team, but, but, but Roma, if if Roma wants to be a team that is 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 considered in world football, then it needs to buy into you know progress into future developments. And Palotta 
did exactly that as you said he sort of recreated the whole landscape of of uh, of the media around uh, Roma the social media platforms the way Roma communicates uh, things the way uh, you know these 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 summer tours and whatnot. That is also something that is important for a club to be able to to to. He put Roma on the map again after you know having a, a Roma team that was basically trying to get Adriano and 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 calling him the next you know the next star of the city and. <laughs> That's yeah. that. That's yeah. the, that was the reality of the situation. Right. And yes, we we've had a, a few bad transfer markets, and you know uh, uh, we 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 were getting people that like Iturben putting all our chips into this one basket. You know, and 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 getting shick uh, for no reason. Um, is that something that is you know directly linked to Palota? I don't think so. I think there are. Other people that come into equation, obviously, um, you can blame him that, for that, maybe. But the fact that he invested so much money into uh, into Roma is, is something that nobody can question, uh, and nobody should question because because that's a fact. He he injected money into this team. We could we are spending uh, a, if if we are spending summers uh, getting you know. Uh, uh, I, Let's remember who we we took we took Jack over the years. We we had uh, uh, likes of uh, Keita, uh, say the Keita, uh, who who was a great footballer in one of the great Barcelona teams, and we got him even if I, at an advanced stage. That was something that didn't happen very often here for a while. And you know we we got Jacko, we got all these players. We we developed youth that was. You know that managed. To, we we created a youth system that paid off, and uh, we got a few interesting players out of it. So he he for for a lot of years he's he's been. I think it was a very tough environment for him to crack into, and the the fact that the stadium is taking so long is proof of that. The fact that a, a, an American millionaire. <laughs> wanted to invest so much time into a project where you really have to battle with the local authorities is something that should not be, you know, just swept under the rug. And um, so that is for me, the, 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 the essential good and bad of Palota's presidency. Um, you can argue if, if, if uh, De Rossi's and Totti's farewell is something to, to, to cherish or, or, you know, to still be upset about, but, but, Palota was was someone who's, who who you know who took us and and said okay these we can make these things happen then lead to a trophy but but people when you say Roma now know who the hell you're talking about and 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 you know that's that's important going forward it doesn't mean that the present is is shitty and the past is shitty. It mean the, the, everything now accumulates to what we do in the future. Now with Palota's farewell, perhaps we can we can we can keep dreaming. We can you know we 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 can think about the stadium. We can think about wow a new, uh, some you know some attractive transfer market rumors. If that is the case, that is also because of Palota. Yeah, I, I summed it up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was a chair you were in, but the way I I, I summed up Palotta, and I, I think you did a good job there. I mean, one of the things that I view him as is I see him as the bridge 
or sort of like the guardian that Roma needed at a very delicate time. I think particularly if you're a new supporter, maybe you don't have the memory or the appreciation of the financial situation that you touched upon that Roma had uh, nearly eight, nine years ago. I mean, it was bad. You just said they were getting Adriano. Uh, I mean, the, we, we considered Marco Borriello like this, uh, like this world-class signing. We went crazy Marco for Marco Borriello was getting, was getting paid top player money. So that, that was the reality money. of the I'm Right. And then, I mean, even after Palotta took over, Roma were loaning him out for two to three seasons to get his contract off the books. Um, right. Palotta came at a very, very delicate time for the club. And for me, I view him, as I said, as sort of the bridge to the next owner that I think can hopefully carry Roma to great things. And while Palotta, when it says, you know, the next trophy Roma win, when it says president is Dan Friedkin, Palotta will not get that credit. But I think it is unfair because I do think he has set up whoever the next owner whether it's Dan Friedkin or somebody else, I think he has set up the next ownership group at Roma to do very, very well because he has gotten them. Um, they won't have to dig out of the many holes that Palalta had to go through. So I know it's easy to slate him for, I, I mean, people will always go to selling Alisson, Salah, so on and so forth. That's very easy to do. I get it. I understand it. That with the lack of but trophies. But that that managed that that was you know that those were sacrifices and you can blame him for the lies. You can blame him for you know for walking out of a pizzeria and saying those are rumors. Nothing happened. I never said this or that. I never said that Nangolan will get sold or something. You can blame him for that, but you can't blame him for the for the actual sales because it's because of those sales that we are still here. We are, we're, you know, we're on the verge of maybe becoming uh, uh, the team of a new president. That's that's all Palota. Palota was willing to go through these obstacles to 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 you know to to skip those holes to to sort of take it upon himself to recreate some of some of the magic that was needed here. And you know, the fact that you you could actually dream of getting to a Champions League final. Is also because of all the investments made by Palotta. I, I completely agree. I, I think if there's one way to summarize his time at Roma, you just did it there brilliantly. Um, I think beyond that, there's really not much more that we can add. Everybody already has their opinion set on them um, or set on him. And what we say here really isn't going to sway you. I think merely we can add perhaps a little perspective because it is difficult when things are not going well in the moment. It is difficult to have that perspective of how things used to be. But um, it, it looks like uh, Roma will be moving forward with the new president. And hopefully once we have Filippo Biafora on the podcast on Thursday, he can shed some Best light on the situation. The him, Best, him man Austin, Best man in the business. Best man in the business. Yes. yes. Absolutely right. There's nobody better. If you're not following them for Roma news, you are uh, your timeline is lacking. Um, so that's when we'll be back. We'll be back Thursday when Mr. Biafora will be on with Andy and myself, and we will be having a nice chat as to everything that is happening. We'll talk January market. We'll talk the stadium. We'll talk the ownership group. So there's a lot to get to when Field joins, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh, we will talk to you then, and until next time, ciao.